you got to see this. I'm Liv. And I'm Kurt. And we're just going to get right into it because I'm sure Kurt is just bursting with excitement. Um, I am very excited. We're talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas. It is one of my favorite movies. And and I love it so much. It preys on everything that I hold near and dear to my heart and (laughs) trashes it. (laughs) Uh, Shall we read the summary? Read the summary. Take it away. The film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved Pumpkin King, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in quote, the real world, unquote. <laughs> when Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colors and warm spirits, he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over the role. But Jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously awry. Did it really just say the best laid plans of mice and skeleton that men? Is, that is what a, a dir- weird reference to put in the description of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta love it. Um, and the release date, and this is very important to an argument that Kurt and I have a lot of the time. The release date was October 13th, 1993. I will repeat, October 13th. This is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It came out in October. Well, okay, so the end of the movie, this is where I'm going to say spoiler warning for those watching. (laughs) The end of the movie ends with Santa saving Christmas, so I argue that it functions as both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. It's just... I'm still not over the Elf Mice and Min reference. That that there's no connection between the two. There really isn't. It's just that they wanted to do it, I guess. If you haven't read Ed Mice of Mice and Men, go read Of Mice and Men. It's it's short. It's an American classic. Uh, I don't like it. It's about Depression era Dust Bowl. Go 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 read it. It's even if you don't like it, it's really quick and it's one of those things that you just should read. And then you can understand why I'm confused as fuck about the reference <laughs> being added to the description of this movie. Okay, Mr. English Major, we're not here to talk about Of Mice and Men. Uh, tell everybody how you got into uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Kurt. This I love pick. Halloween. Oh my god. Halloween is arguably my favorite holiday. Um, it's up there with New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. But those are my, I like those just because they're good party holidays. Halloween is my favorite for the aesthetic because I am still a little emo boy at heart. And I like pumpkins. I, li- I like cold weather. I like, I like crunchy leaves. I like skeletons. I like spooky things. I like Halloween. Okay, that has nothing to do with how you found the movie when you watched the movie. We've already addressed <laughs> your love of Halloween. Let's rein it in. I mean, that's that's like that's like why I decided to watch the movie, right? Okay, it but was like, like, when did you first see it? I'm getting to it. I'm getting there. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. No. Um. <laughs> um. 
so it, I think it was when did I first watch this? I think it was sophomore year of high school. Really? Yeah. Huh. That was that was back when I started really getting into movies, and mm-hmm. I would just spend all night every night, like binge watching movies. And so I hadn't really seen. I'm sure I had seen it earlier as like a kid, probably of my family at some point. But that is like the, like those of you who know me, I have a terrible memory. Um, so that's like like sophomore year of high school is the first time that I watched the movie and remembered all of it. Okay. If that makes sense. So that was like it was it was, it was what I was like like, at the height of my angst. So I was, I, I loved Halloween more than I do now, which is crazy. Um, so it was just like, it was one of those things where like I watched it and it like changed my life. I was like, this is the best movie ever made. I listened to the soundtrack 24 seven. It was my personality for probably about six months was the nightmare before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. I just, I loved it. I still do. Makes sense. To to discuss my experience with the Nightmare Before Christmas, we're gonna have to rewind a little bit. In two thousand nine, I was friends with somebody, and they wanted to go to the movies, uh-huh. and I said sure. And I'm I've always been a people pleaser, and so she was like, "I really want to go see Coraline, which is another Tim Burton stop motion film." And I saw it, and I didn't sleep for a month, and it took me until probably about 2014, 2015, before I watched another stop motion film <laughs> because I was truly so scared. And it was the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which isn't a scary movie, but like, I just- I, Yeah, I, I remember we, we saw that in theaters. and it No, took, we didn't. I thought we did. We just did not. We saw it at the AMC in ISU. Sweetheart, that's Isle of Dogs. Oh. What movie were you talking about? Fantastic Mr. Fox. I, same director. Same director. I correlated the two. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't like stop motion. And I don't like Halloween. Like, I appreciate Halloween. <laughs> I guess here's the thing. I appreciate Halloween as a holiday. Like, I really like the idea of dressing up and getting candy. I enjoy costume parties and all that fun stuff because I'm a theater kid. So the idea of being able to dress up and be extra, I love, but I am a scaredy cat and I have an anxiety disorder. So I hate spooky things. Like I don't like the dark. I don't like skeletons or anything scary like that. And so the first time I ever saw this movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, was in 2015. Uh, Kurt and I had been dating for, what, like four months? Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. We'd been dating for three months. We went to a Halloween party. And Kurt was like, we're going to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was like, no, no, I don't think I want to watch that. And he was like, no, come on. It's like one of my favorites. And I wanted to impress him really badly because he was my boyfriend. And I didn't want him to think I was a giant baby. And I closed my eyes for half of it because I was just so ungodly uncomfortable because that's how Tim Burton movies make me feel. And I haven't seen it since until last night when we watched it because once again, Kurt begged me to watch it. Well, it's one of those things where it's, it's one of my favorite movies and this is the Halloween episode. So I figured we'd, 
you know, watch my favorite Halloween movie for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. Don't worry, I'll get back at Kurt later. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess I would say, though, it's an objectively good movie. Like, it's a good movie. It's good. I just can't handle it personally because of my own issues. Um, let's, let's discuss. I wrote some things to discuss. Uh, let's talk about the stop motion. Uh, the thing that terrifies me to hell. So I, I don't know a hundred percent, but this, I, I know that the stop motion in this movie is way more in depth than most other stop motion movies. I know that um, I, I just looked it up. The, the filming of the movie only took about a, um, 16 months. However, the pre-production for the stop motion took almost three years mm-hmm. uh, because they, they animated, they anim- animated the movie in, I think 20 frames a second, which is like standard, like film frames, frames a second. Mm-hmm. So every second there's 20 different frames that they had to animate. Um, and in order to do that smoothly, one of the things they did was for all of the main characters, they had hundreds of different faces with every possible emotion. And like, like when they were saying words, they had every possible like mouth shape um, for like sounds that you make in the American, like the English language. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it was it's incredibly intricate um which is one of the reasons why you should watch this movie because it's a work of art uh beyond it beyond it being an amazing film it really is a work of art um the animators slaved away at this project and it it is phenomenal yeah i i looked into it and they actually invented two different things to film this movie what did they invent uh, the first one is called a light alarm, which you guessed it. It's an alarm that goes off <laughs> if any of the stage lights failed to come on. And the other one was a system that enabled a puppeteer to seamlessly switch to a replacement puppet if it broke during a shot. Um, because before they invented this, a light failing to come on or a puppet breaking would completely destroy a shot. Wow. Yeah, so they did that. and. Kurt mentioned this while we were watching it and he was wrong. So I'm going to, I'm going to correct him. He said to me, this movie was filmed in 24 frames per second. That's false. I thought there it are, was. There are three shots in the entire film that are filmed at 24 frames per second. Okay. One is the opening I... overhead shot of the trees in the forest. Okay. One is the fog coming out of the fountain. Okay. And the other one is the bugs falling into the pit in Oogie Boogie's Lair. That makes sense, because those are the three shots that have practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't, that don't have, like, stop-motion effects. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, also, uh, Kurt, do you want to talk about the music a little bit? You really love the music, so I want to let you... I do. I think it's, I just think it's great spooky Halloween music. It's not like, it's not like horror soundtracks where you can't really listen to them you know because horror soundtracks are horror soundtracks um but it it gives off that like spooky creepy halloween vibe while being like fun to listen to and i i just love it um 
my favorite song, that's a tough one. It comes down to either the opening song, um, Jack's Lament, or the Yogi Boogie song. They're all just phenomenal in different ways. I really like Oogie Boogie's song because it's it's got like it's got like a southern gambling vibe. Like it's kind of jazzy. Um Yeah, it's it's just good. Listen to the soundtrack. Like it's good. Yeah, I think it's all right. <laughs> what are your thoughts as a music major? on the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. I mean, Danny Elfman is good at what he does. Whether I like it or not, Danny Elfman knows how to do what he is hired to do <laughs> very well. Um, I guess for me, this is one of those weird um, in-between... Okay, here's a little bit of technicalness on it. Um, a musical is a... Essentially, a definition of a musical would be if you take the music out of the story, it would not exist in the same function. So, um, Hamilton is all music. If you get rid of the music in Hamilton, you have nothing. So that's an extreme example, but, you know, I can't think of anything else. Uh, so this movie is one of the weird ones where it's a movie with music, but it's not necessarily a musical because if you took out the songs, like what is conveyed through the music, you could still have a plot of the movie, you know? But I think you lose most of it without the music. Yeah, but I wouldn't say the music is the primary um, plot. You lose all of Jack's motiv- uh, motivation for trying to steal Christmas. Um, you lose... Um, all of the stuff, most of the stuff about kidnapping Santa. Yeah, okay, um, but it's okay. And not, Oogie Boogie. Okay, but like what I'm saying is, before that, there's a whole thing where Jack's like, "I'm unfulfilled." Like he's just speaking, he's not singing. And there's a whole thing before. So I'm not saying that the music isn't necessary because obviously music is put in. I'm trying to think of an example, La La Land. Do you remember when we saw La La Land? I I do. I don't remember the movie a lot, but I remember La La Land. Yeah. So, like, if you took the music out, obviously they put the music in there for a reason, so it has benefit. But, like, you could still get the majority of of the story out without the music. That's fair. So, it's not a musical. It is a movie with some songs in it. And I think that the songs aren't bad, but I don't think they're, like, groundbreaking. I just think they're cool. And I think they're effective at what they need to do. Yeah, they are. I mean, like I said, Danny Elfman's good at what he does. But, like, I don't know. For me, it's not where I'd be like, I want to listen to this all the time. That's where we differ. But you just like spooky stuff. I just like Halloween. I know. Did you know that the music for The Nightmare Before Christmas was written before they had a script? No. Are you looking up trivia facts? That's my job. No, I did not look that up. Okay. Then no, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They, 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 uh, Danny Elfman uh, did all of the music for the movie before there was a script. Um, and then they based the script off of the music that had been written. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, so then that's even weirder to me that it's not <laughs> more crucial to the plot. Well, I think I think one of the things you have to take into account is that it is made for kids, despite it being creepy. Yeah. So, like, I know, like, as a child, I found it very difficult to pick up on lyrics. I still do. So, yeah. on my first viewing of the nightmare before christmas if i was if i was younger i would have had a really hard time picking up on what was happening in the movie if there weren't the like setup scenes for the songs yeah no i mean i get that but i guess like okay but like the music in terms of how much music and how it functions in a plot is similar to moana and i think the music from moana is just better at it which might just be a difference it's an of interesting opinion. Comparison. I think it is a difference of opinion. Cause I think, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying the point that I was trying to make is that it's not a musical. <laughs> it's a movie with music. Well, what, what would you say about fine. Like, other Disney musicals, quote unquote, that's like Pocahontas thing. or uh, Mulan's a bad example, but you get, you know what I'm getting at? Well, no, but like Mulan kind of functions the same where it's like, if you took up a songs, you'd be missing something, but you'd still understand what was going Except on. Except for the fact that for the second half of the movie in Mulan, there is no musical songs. So that was kind of a bad example. But you know what I mean? Like, like those are those are considered like Disney musicals, right? Yeah. I mean, from that point, you're just asking me to say who do I think is better, Alan Menken or Danny Elfman? No, I at that point, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to ask you whether or not you think Disney musicals are really musicals. Oh, I mean, they are. Because you could take they're a, watered down musicals. Okay, so it's and, it's in the same the, boat. Well, and the proof, yeah, and the proof of that is that Disney transfers a lot of those movies into musicals. Beauty and the Beast became a musical. Uh, Little Mermaid became a musical. Aladdin became a musical. All on Broadway. They added songs to that. Because oh, fair in enough. of a musical, there is not enough songs to be a musical. I would say that I think that there's a little bit more focus on having songs that are fully integrated in some of the Disney princess movies than in this. But I think that's because of a difference of tone and a difference of appeal that's fair i mean that's all that's all i was curious about is is how that how you would compare that to other disney movies that i would like strangely put in the same class jack skellington is a disney princess confirmed no um <laughs> yeah so to me i just feel like it's good it's just not there doesn't seem to be a real emphasis on um how do I want to phrase it? Like phenomenal musicality to it. Like the music is good. It serves its purpose, but like the singing in it is not meant to be great. It's very character singing. Yes, that is true. That's something we talked about while watching it, especially with the, the kidnapping Santa Claus oh, uh, song, kids. um, which I love. I love that song. But you, you like, not even five seconds into the song said it doesn't help that these kids are terrible at singing. And I was like, that's kind of the point. Because <laughs> yeah. so, they're supposed to sound kind of ugly and nasty. 
Yeah. Also, I hate those kids. Um, They're Halloween Town's best trick-or-treaters. I hate them. Um, They're they're Boogie's Boys. Ew. That's what they call them. I know. They're Oogie Boogie's Boys. Please stop. Um, (laughs) So the moral of the story is, it's fine. I wouldn't listen to the soundtrack. Um, It's it's fine. You wouldn't listen to the soundtrack because it freaks you out. Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, in terms of songs. Because, like, there are things that kind of spook me, but the music is so good that, like, I can detach it. And for me, it was kind of like, I mean, it's good. It, it's... I think the Oogie Boogie song is phenomenal. The Oogie Boogie song is the best one. It's a bop. Um, but, again, that's, like, one... They're very catchy, but they're made for children. So that's, like, the point you know, but that's fair. That's fair. I would say that it's in terms of music that's meant for children. It's, it's average in terms of setting the scene for a movie. It's above average. Okay. But I'm not thrilled by it. (laughs) I love it. And nothing will change my mind. I know. I'm not even going to try. Um, there are a bunch of characters in this movie. Who are your favorites? Well, my favorite is Sally, just because she can take her limbs off, and I wish that that was a skill that I had. <laughs> Being able to destroy yourself and then like sew yourself back together. Yeah, that'd be nifty. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I mean, Jack. We had a debate yesterday about how tall Jack is, and it's it's it's, con- it's contentious. Um, I looked it up last night, um, and there are some people who say that Jack is eight and a half feet tall based off of a plethora of things. I think it's phenomenal. Um, And then there are other people like, no, man, he's 6'5", and there's an argument between those two communities. And I think there was – there's one group of people, there was a cardboard cutout that was made that was marketed as a quote-unquote life-size – cardboard cutout of jack skellington and that one is 510 um so it varies he's either 510 65 or 8 foot 5 and there's the those are the three running theories cool so i'm gonna put a poll in our instagram <laughs> that is uh how tall is jack skellington yeah that's gonna be the first one and the second one is my question which is who do you think would win in a fist fight jack skellington or slender man because <laughs> in i just googled it in some stories slender man is said to be 15 feet tall but in I, others he's the size of a normal man which is a I pretty think, big gap yeah that's even bigger than jack so let us know who you think would win <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing Olivia asked me when we when we started the movie. Uh, not even five minutes in, you asked if Jack Skellington could beat Slenderman in a fight. Because when I saw those legs and those arms, that was the first thing that I thought about. <laughs> oh, Zero is the best character with his yep, little with pumpkin his, nose. His little glowing pumpkin nose. I love it. Yeah, um, I don't like the mouth on the scientist man. <laughs> It's weird. The mayor freaks me out, too. I don't like the children. Oogie Boogie's just truly terrifying. (laughs) 
Kurt? Who do you like? Because I don't think I like anybody besides Zero. I think they all just scare me. <laughs> I love Jack Skellington. Um, obviously. Um, I like the the little bat dude that walks on his bat wings. Like his wings are bigger oh, than his yeah. body, so he kind of waddles like, around on his wings. He's there like um, once, I think, but okay. He shows up a couple times. Oh, okay. um, I really like the the like scale of vampires, like how they all travel in a group, and it's yeah, like they're one's pretty really, wild. really tall and skinny, and then one's really short and fat, and they kind of all like walk in a line, so they're arranged by height and width. Um, <laughs> um, I like the little band. Um, yeah, the band's cute. Voices, and I really like when the, Jack asks them to play Christmas songs, and they just play them in minor keys. Um, I, I like a lot of the things about the movie. I think Oogie Boogie is great. Um, very entertaining. Um, would listen to him sing again. 10 out of 10. Um, but yeah. Uh, Sally's great, obviously. Um, I think the doctor's kind of funny. How <laughs> he takes out half his brain and makes a female version oh, of himself. God, I hate it. <laughs> that scene where he opens up his skull and scratches his brain, I couldn't look at it. I'm a 22-year-old, and I had to not look. Kurt had to tell me when it was over <laughs> because it made my skin crawl so much. I love it. Uh, but my favorite is definitely Jack Skellington and Zero. Um, the two as a pair is just an incredible image. Like a big-ass Skellington, a little ghost dog. Love it. I do like it when he takes his rib out for Zero to fetch. That was yeah, a good touch. That's great. Um, I just like, I like a lot of things about the movie. I think it's a really, there's a lot of detail that goes into the background characters. So mm-hmm. it's difficult to pick a favorite because they all have something kind of cool going on. Um, and I know there's a running theory um, that's like the way people appear in Halloween town is the way they died. Yeah. So there's like an, there's, there's a theory that the way people appear in Halloween town is how they died in real life. Um, like, like some of them were bloated people drowned. Um, there's a theory that Jack Skellington died. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I would love it if you just oh, not died. Was burned alive. That's I don't know why it just glossed some people over even that. think that that skeleton man died. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's always been alive. Um, <laughs> don't say no, they, that. I'm gonna he, be afraid. He gets introduced as like a scarecrow of a pumpkin head that gets set on fire. So some people are like, "Oh, well, he died from being burned alive." Jesus. Um, yeah. So there's like there's like a bunch of theories, and that like the mayor was like a depressive suicide because uh, oh he has god. that like that face that spins around when he's like upset. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people talk about that. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't do this movie. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Kurt? I I I I wish that they had explored the other holidays. I wish that Jack Skellington w- went through like all of the holidays and then went to Christmas and was like, yeah, this is the one. Um, <laughs> you know I what just, I mean? I want to know what's behind that the. the 
turkey day doors. So I want to know what's behind the shamrock. Yeah. I want I want Jack Skellington to drop it, like drop into a world and just immediately have his ears blaring of bagpipes. Yeah, a bunch I don't of think the movie are drinking. I don't think the movie phenomenal. would be PG anymore. <laughs> just, that would just, be fun. Irish voices calling out in the distance. <laughs> See, the only thing that I can truly get behind with this movie is that Christmas is the best holiday. And and they all know it. I, the way I interpret it is not no, that Christmas I didn't is the ask best what, holiday. I didn't ask what you Too said. bad, you're getting it. <laughs> it's not that Christmas is the best holiday. It's that Christmas and Halloween can coexist together. Because Santa says Happy Halloween when he leaves, and then Jack Skellington says Merry Christmas. Okay, fine. Christmas and Halloween can coexist together. But you know, Kurt, you know what you never seem to understand is that maybe it's saying that these two holidays need to be, you know, separate and have their own time to shine. And I don't try to shove Christmas down your throat when it's Halloween time, but you try to shove a Halloween down my throat when it's Christmas time. I would like to make it clear that I don't shove it down your throat. I just get very excited. There's a difference. No, when it's Christmas, you're like, Halloween's better. I like Halloween. I just like... Okay, you all the time complain about how you want me to like christmas more than halloween no you're constantly like i'm gonna get you to like christmas because you don't like christmas i don't want you to like it more than i don't like christmas i i am not lying i enjoy christmas there are certain elements of christmas that i dislike and that i i refuse to talk about in a public forum you know what, Kurt? I, let's move on to some fun facts before we end up breaking <laughs> up on this podcast, okay? Yeah, let's do some fun facts. This first one is absolutely wild. Oh, I Are should, you ready? I, we, we should say, okay, we should say that, that Olivia and I fight a, a, about this stuff all the time. It's a big goof. We have fun. Yeah, sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, we love each other despite the fact that Kurt likes the devil holiday and I like the best holiday in the world. Fun Next fact, question. Christmas replaced Saturnalia, a pagan holiday. So actually, Christmas is the pagan holiday. They're both pagan holidays. Everything's a pagan holiday, isn't it? Easter's most of them. not. Mo- most, okay. Uh, Easter's quick, not a pagan quick, holiday, right? Quick, I don't think so. But quick history lesson. A lot of oh. holidays were uh, by the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. A lot of pagan holidays were re- contextualized to become Christianized so that they can convert local people easier. That's the reason why certain holidays fall on certain dates like Christmas. Yes. I mean, I guess I also should mention, I don't think we've ever said it before. Uh, Kurt is a, an atheist, <laughs> um, an atheist who was raised uh, half Catholic, Catholic, half Lutheran, mostly Irish Catholic. And I am catholic still catholic so i'm not just one of those people who are obsessed with christmas for no reason even though it's no olivia has her olivia has her reasons i do respect them yeah and it's fine and kurt (laughs) tolerates christmas for me it's just a big joke that sometimes i get mad about let's do some fun facts Fun facts. Okay, listen to this. You're going to have to focus on what I'm saying because it's a okay. lot. But okay. it was so funny. I, I'll shut up. You go. 
A crossed out calculation on Jack's blackboard seems to equate three times the square of pi multiplied by 12 to Christmas day, a Santa hat. The true numerical answer is approximately 355.31. If the decimal proportion is dropped, then this equates to December 21st, the 355th day of the year, hence the crossed out equation. December 21st, however, is the first day of winter in the Northern Hemisphere, the winter solstice. It is also the birthday of Jeffrey Katzenberg, the film's executive producer and most often credited for turning Walt Disney Studios and its animation division around after joining in 1984. What a wild ride of a fun fact. I can't believe that that was intentional. I can. <laughs> you know, with the, with the amount of detail that goes into the rest of the movie, doesn't shock me. Absolutely wild. I, I just read that and was like, oh. <laughs> uh, another fun fact that I think is pretty well known. Uh, Jack Skellington's singing is done by Danny Elfman not the voice actor Chris Sarandon, uh, because Chris said he was a terrible singer. <laughs> I think it works, though. You can't really tell. It's pretty Yeah, Danny, Danny Elfman's singing voice sounds like how Jack Skellington would sound singing. Yeah. Um, here's one that's for me uh, that I didn't know. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara plays Sally. Um, and I love her. She's known for her roles as the mother from Home Alone. And uh, probably what most people know her from, uh, Moira Rose in Schitt's Creek. She recently just won an Emmy. That's that Sally? That's Sally. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I stared at the IMDb page for like five minutes, just trying to put it together in my brain. That's so funny. And I love it so much. Uh, Kurt, this last fact is just for you. Just for me. Yes. Um, so the name of the evil scientist is Dr. Finkelstein. Finkelstein? I don't know. Uh, Oogie Boogie was originally intended to be Dr. Finkelstein in disguise. Interesting. Reportedly, Tim Burton was so infuriated by this concept that he literally kicked a hole into a wall. I agree. That would have been <laughs> terrible. That would have been that that would have been easily the worst decision made in the movie. Just the fact that he kicked a hole in a wall. <laughs> I, I, I'm right there. I would have if I was if I was producing a movie and some writer came up to me and was like, "Get this, we're gonna make this one character, a, another character in disguise, but the two characters are completely different with completely different motives." Yeah. I would have. I would have been like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh yeah, I would have been mad. Yeah, I agree. I think that would have been whack. It would have been a terrible decision. Um, Kurt, I think I know your answer, but did you like the movie? Would you recommend it? Absolutely. 100%. It gets 10 out of 10 pumpkins and 10 out of 10 spooks. Yeah. I, I 1 million percent recommend it. You should watch it if you haven't watched it and you are, you know, self-isolating for this Halloween, I think, and you're doing like a movie binge. I think this would be a great movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, it was fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I I think the movie I would give it better than average. I'd give it like eight. How, how many how many spooks would you give it? 
spooks is in like scary for me it's a 10 out of 10 this movie <laughs> scares me um i'd give how many, it like, how many cute little pumpkins on a dog's nose oh i'd give, give it? it like seven out of ten okay that's respectable for me personally i think that in terms of the spooky movies that we've watched i would prefer to watch adam's family over you did over you did one. also watch adam's family values yes and i would definitely watch adam's family values over this one as well um, in terms of stop motion, this is a lot less scary than Coraline. If you want a spooky movie, watch Coraline. That's oh, yes. the scariest movie Coraline I've ever seen. Coraline is 100%. Life. It's 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 12 out of 10 spooks. Terrifying. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add, Kurt, before we start to wrap up? I don't know. I mean, it's just a great movie. I I really truly think everyone should watch it. I really thought you were going to go on longer than that. I'm impressed. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just good. I think it's. I think it speaks for itself. I think. I think it's one of those things where you watch it, and if even if you don't like the Halloween, you'll be blown away by the skill of the motion capture. It's. It's really well done. It's a work of art. It truly is. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's. It's good. It's just not my personal cup of tea. But I would say everybody should watch it at least once just to see if it is their cup of tea or not. Um, let's plug some social media, shall we? Do it. Um, first of all, huge thank you to Flowers for our intro and outro music. We'll put their social media in the description, but go check out their music. The song that they let us use is called Baby Blue. It's amazing, so go ahead and... Uh, make sure you give them some love on their socials. You can find us at Baby You Gotta See This on Instagram and at BYGSTPod on Twitter. Um, we're doing a couple's Halloween costume at a socially distant and very small gathering with some friends in our bubble this weekend. So we're going to go ahead and post the pictures of our Halloween costume on there. So make sure that you're following us to check that out. Um, share the podcast with a friend if you like what we do um, that really helps us out and next week we're gonna have a guest and I'm so very excited for this episode um my college roommate and dear friend Francesca will be joining us while we talk about the greatest movie that has ever been made Twilight <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Kurt's thrilled I, we'll, we'll, I like talk, we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, Kurt might have to watch the movie alone, which would be very funny. But um, that doesn't pertain to people listening. Um, so thanks for listening, and have a happy Halloween. Be safe. Yeah. Be socially distant. Um, all right, this has been Baby You Gotta See This. I'm Liv. And I'm Kurt. Bye. See ya.